Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's uh, Tuesday night and... um have some fun with the Parsha um, Bayero. Um, Baruch Hashem, a friend of mine was able to find a sponsor where this is being uh, sponsored actually, sadly, uh, by the Daniels, by Zevi Daniels and family. I just saw Ronnie the other day at the Shabbat uh, for his mom's uh, husband, uh, uh, Yaakov Wolner, to feed Peter Wolner, which just passed away, uh, uh, which is, uh, it came down with a bad illness. It's very unfortunate. A uh, very smart uh, person. I knew him somewhat over the years from from the PTA meetings, uh, and I used to run into him these last couple of years in Muncie, because I think his daughter and son-in-law davened the same show with my nephew, whatever Rabbi Shabbos. Uh, very smart uh, person in computers, and in uh, I heard that he wired up the whole Aguda. It was in Talmud Chacham also. Uh, it's a it's a shame. It's very nice that the Daniels family is uh, is doing this. So thanks, uh, Zebby and Ronnie and everyone else. I hope to, to have only simplas in the future, as they say. And a special shout out to Noah Wolner, who I saw. I haven't seen him in a long time at the uh, at the Shiba House. Uh, glad you're doing okay. And uh, I'll get down to a business. We're uh, looking at Parsha Bayer, which is always a lot of. Uh, Weird and wild and crazy things, and a lot of fun in certain ways. Uh, I'll touch on a few of them, I hope. And of course, when you look at Parshavera, these are the stories we all know. But basically, the question becomes, you know, as far as I can think, they're like three big stories. You know, the one is Abraham and the three angels, if they're angels, and one of them is the story of Sodom and Amora, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the third one is about, you know, uh, birth of Yitzhak and Abimelech and all that stuff. Maybe it's more than three. That's the way I think of it. Uh, Sodom is a very interesting story because, of course, we all know there are a million Midrashim out there, how bad the Sodomites were and all the rest of it. And yet, uh, were they really worse than anybody else? I mean, do you know a little bit of cultural anthropology? You know what they do in other countries also? They eat people and who knows what. Uh, even today, there are many societies that are unbelievably cruel. They make Sodom look like a, like a picnic. So what's that Sodom? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on over here? And uh, the, it, it seems to me, it's all I can ever do, that the exact nature of the wickedness of Sodom was somewhat secret, not it, it wasn't so public. Um, there are different stories in the Gemara and all the rest, so you don't know how to evaluate them all, but uh, I know you know many of the stories. We heard them since we were kids, Rashi and other places, the Medrash, the Gemara in Sanhedrin. I did that Gemara for the Art Scroll. Uh, they had a Procustian bed, for example, and uh, they tortured that girl. But to be, you know, I've said in the past, and I'm sure many others have said, that the way Saddam is portrayed in the Bible itself is more like they weren't into Chesed. But I want to mind, you know, call to attention, they weren't into Chesed for others. 
It doesn't say anywhere that if a sodomite himself went broke or something like that, the others didn't help him. If a stranger showed up or an outsider, then they wouldn't help him. The Gamora has a story where everybody gave him cash, but then he died from starvation, and then they took their cash back and all that. Uh, it doesn't say, Stamazoid, that they torture people for fun, beat the heck out of them, and this and that and the other. It is true that they wanted to attack the daughters of Lot, but it seems like they were angry at Lot for being an outsider and bringing in uh, strangers. Now, you'll say like this, how can you be so much against you know, Chesed that you want to kill the strangers, all the rest of it? I don't know. To tell you the truth, a lot of gated communities and places like that, they don't want strangers either. Are they also dumb and immoral? Maybe they're just worried about their own prosperity. It's not so clear. In Yecheskel and in Eov, they talk about Sodom, Gaon, Svalechem. I forget all of Sukkim. The Sodomites doing well. They should have been more um, generous. But that caused the extermination of Sodom. This leads me, you know what I mean? And not the extermination place of Russia or Nazi Germany or I don't know what. Okay? So, I mean, Stone is worse than Ninveh. Yeah, it, 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 it's not so clear. It's exactly the point I'm going to make. What we have over here is, at least in my reading, is a fascinating phenomenon. And that is that we know by the time the story's over, Stone and Amar are going to be wiped out. We also know that it wasn't clear why Sodom and Amar should be wiped out. God knows, but it's not clear. And for this reason, the destruction of Sodom must have been a surprise to people. And it was considered one of God's mysteries. This is the language of Chazal, mystering. Mystering shal Chazal. Mystering shal it's a very interesting midrash, and one I always remember. And that is, and this is like a mashkiach in the yeshiva or something like that. Stay away from bad friends or, or avoid bad neighborhoods because, you know, the saviva is moshech, right? The environment cannot fail to have an impact on you. Now, sometimes people will fool themselves, as I think we do, and say, if I dress this way and I surround myself with that and all the rest of it, the environment won't have an impact on me. But that's baloney. I don't care how Hasidic you are and how isolated this, that, and the other. You tell me, look at look at the uh, politicking today is election day in New York and how they're working with the American political system. You tell me that they're not Americanized. And if they're Americanized, you say, well, we're only taking in the good and we're not taking in the bad. That's not true. Anybody knows what's really going on in from communities in certain places uh, not in Baltimore, <laughs> knows there's a lot of stuff from the uh, that penetrates from the outside into the inside. I'm not going to go into details. Uh, and, you know, people fake it and they hide it and all the rest of it, but it's there. So the power of a Saviva is extreme. And to be perfectly honest, I cannot think of a Jewish community in history, and I'm going to say something that I consider profound, which was not profoundly penetrated by the society in which it lived in one way or another. Uh, we idealize Eastern Europe today and you know, all that kind of thing. But even those who idealize it know that deep down, a lot of things are rotten in the state of Denmark. Not everybody was a Vilna Gong, you get it? Uh, and to be perfectly honest, the Vilna Gong himself was arrested by fellow Jews and told on in, in, in a fight over the rabbit and all the rest of it. They acted pretty bad. And so... 
um, it's not true that, you know, wherever you live, you're not affected by others. That's probably why God wanted the Jews to live by themselves in Eretz Yisrael and not have any of the Canaanites there. So none of that would would would, would uh, seep in because it's going to happen automatically. And we all know it didn't work. And as I like to point out all the time, we have a number of patriarchs like Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, but it's also true we have patriarchs like Lovan. So don't tell me that everybody you know acts like Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. I know plenty of people act like Lovan. So these are matters of the environment. Now, the reason I say it is because um, we have a powerful testimony to the remarkable, uh, extraordinary capacity in the environment. It's, it's part of the way the world operates. It's not a failure on the part of the from Jews. It's a Matthias that you cannot avoid with the story of the angels in this week's Pasha who go to destroy Sodom. And in the very famous Medrash, which I'm sure I've said in the, in the past, when the Malachim say, they tell Lord, get out of here. Right? Get out of here. We're going to destroy this place. That's our mission. So get out of here. You and your daughters and your son-in-laws, whoever you can get out of here. Because this place is going down. And we're the ones that are going to do it. So that's an interesting statement. And in a very famous Chazal, later on, uh, I guess in Vayetze, when Yaakov has a dream with the ladder in the earth and the, and the top of the ladder in the heavens, Sula Mutzavarts, the Bershom Gil Shemaima, Pinim Alchi Elohim Yordim Olim Biyordim Bo, again, Pinim Alchi Elohim Olim Biyordim Bo. So it should be Yordim Bo Olim Bo. That's what it should be. The angels live upstairs, so they should be coming down. And then going back up, what's pshat? That Yaakov saw a ladder and angels are coming from downstairs and moving back up to heaven instead of going from heaven to the earth. You understand? It's a little strange. And I think I told you once that there's a book by Rabbi Sam, about Rabbi Samson, by his daughter, in the old TA in Baltimore in the 1920s. And Panavish Rav came there and he tested a class on this question you know, in the fifth grade or something like that, back in the 1920s. Uh, so the Chazal, who in the Medrash Rabbah, which frankly I haven't been into as much as I should in the last couple of years, used to teach classes for this for decades. So it's always a very fine reading of the text. And the Chazal say, this is a Medrash now, not me, that when Yaakov sees the dream, which was about 135 or maybe 138 years later, then the story of Sodom in this week's Parsha. So the shot was that the angels who destroyed Sodom, who kind of disappear from the narrative after they save Lot, right? Because they take him out of the city and then you don't see him anymore, were condemned to remain on earth for another 130 some years as a punishment by God because they don't want to be down here and that's the Svara. An angel wants to be upstairs. If he comes down for a reason, he comes down for a reason, but usually he'd rather be upstairs. And they were condemned to spend extra time downstairs as a punishment for saying, Now, what does that mean exactly? So in the Medrash Rabbah, and I'm holding in front of me two versions I have in Medrash Rabbah, my tr rusty, trusty Merkin, and uh, my Yefetar. Uh, and 
is a two two opinions. Reb Levi, Shem Reb Shulbar Nachman on the one hand, and Reb Tanchuma on the other hand, or Chom Rachanina. So in other words, two sets of Chazal that they say the angels did something wrong by saying Mashchisi Manachnu as a ear that we're destroying the city instead of saying God was, or something like that. I I don't want to pre prejudge this. When they say Mashchisi Manachnu as ear, this was wrong, and according to one school of thought in Chazal. The sin was A, and according to another school of Chazal, the sin was B. What exactly are we talking about? So the matter says on the Pasuk, That the Malachim, because they revealed God's secret, you understand? This was the sin, and therefore they were kept down on earth an, uh, an extra 138 years. Blabbermouth, big mouth, who gave you permission to talk? It's all strange, because what was so bad? They went to, if that's the, if that is the Isser, I'll, I'll do the second one also. Rab Tanchuma learned it in a more light way. In other words, their sin was, was somewhat different. You could explain it somewhat differently than I just said, but that's what it boils down to. Or you could say they did a kalus haloshen. That's how the fetor alshen is gov umber mashchisim anachnu is here. It was a bolgaiva thing that they say we're going to destroy it instead of saying Hashem. Now both of these are fascinating. I'm going to look at each one by itself. What was the first one? They assigned when you're an angel for our British listeners. When they left heaven, they signed an official secrets act. And, and when they were downstairs, they violated the official secrets act. In the United States, we don't have that. And therefore, they were punished by this exile. They weren't allowed to tell the B'Shat you know, that the, the, the God's going to destroy the city. It's a little weird of B'Shat. And the Efei Tartaka goes into all that, you know, because after all, they were about to destroy the place in a minute. And they did, as soon as they got loaded out of there. And who cares? I mean, the whole place is going up in smoke anyway. Who cares? And, you know... I mean, I could write a good movie. I'm told not to violate the Official Secrets Act, but I go to the person I'm designed to kill, let's say I'm James Bond or somebody, and I shoot him in the head. And before I shoot him in the head, it says, guess what? You know, here's a national secret, blah, 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 bang. Yeah, what'd you do bad? You know, you killed the guy right anyway. The whole Saddam would destroy right away anyway. Uh, so what does it mean that you reveal the secrets? So I'll tell you what I think, because that's all I can ever do. And that is... Um, we see that Hashem, for whatever reason, and we'll explore this in a second, wanted the destruction of Saddam to be a secret. Now, what do I mean a secret? It doesn't seem to me to be a secret in the sense that you're not going to go to the city, it's going to get destroyed until it happened. I mean, if you were a super Pashtun, Shvach Amaisis, you could say, you didn't want the Sodomites to get away, and so eh, that's a lousy shot. So, what do you mean that it was a secret? Now, it is a secret, because in today's Parsha, the angels come and tell Abraham he's going to have a baby, as we all know, and then Avram, you know, marches him down the road, and then what happens? Uh, something very strange and there's a, a, a Rosh Bomb that's even stranger. 
And that goes like this. Uh, when Sarah heard from the three angels, she's going to have a baby, she laughed. That whole incident we know. What's the next Pesach? The, the, the three men, the three angels, head towards Sodom. And Avram, you know, does Achilles Shtei Leviyah. V'ashem Amar, Avram Asher Am I going to hide this from Avram? In other words, it is part of the official secrets act, but Avram is special. Ha-mechasei ani mi-Avram Asher Ani Yoseh? V'avram ha-yulogib nirukhal komish v'asadom, Avram's going to such a frummy, you know, the rest of it. And as a result... I shouldn't hide this from Avram. I should hide it from everybody else. I don't want anybody else to know what's going to happen. But Avram, I want to tell him up front right now, which is interesting. Uh, so I'll read the Pesukim just to make the point. I'm going in order. Avram's going to be a from guy. Avram has a glorious future. Vayim Rashem, Zaka Stom Vamor Kirab Bachato Sam Kichavdom Od, Erda Novera Katasa Bali, also called Miloy Do. So, Vayim Rashem, God says, it doesn't say he said to Avram. Rashi says that, but it doesn't say he says to Avram. It says, Vayim Rashem, the cries of Sodom are great, and their sin is very heavy. Erda Novera, I'm going to make an investigation. Erda Novera, I'm going to go down and look and make an investigation. Hakatsakasa Bali Lai, Asu, call up. If it's if it's what it sounds like, I'm gonna wipe him out. If not, we'll know. And uh, they they hit the road and went to Sodom. So Hashem had just spoken to him, and Avram is still standing there after the men left. Now I know this is I don't want to get into the um, what do you call it the the, the change in the gear and so forth and so forth you know ticking so from right now. Let's just go with the story that we have right now. So, Avram accompanied the three angels. It seems that God, for some reason, says to what to himself. Uh, 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 again, that's not Hashem talking to Avram. That comes at Tupsukim later, where it's Avayim Hashem Zakestomamokirabo. So what what does it mean Hashem Amar? It's a little strange. So there is a radical Rashman, but I'll leave that for a second. And what it seems to me is that you have here the following situation. A lot of times you have a problem of Tzadik Varol of Russia with Tovlo. Why should bad things happen to good people or good things happen to bad people? The guy didn't deserve it, all the rest of it. A from answer, which is not necessarily incorrect, is how do you know the guy didn't deserve it? Or how do you know these people are so righteous and so forth? Usually we say this as kind of a cop-out. But, you know, if you don't have a better answer than you say theologically to, to sound good, you say, oh, you think this guy was really righteous? Really wasn't so righteous. But in this particular case, a whole city's going to be wiped out. Five cities, actually. If you want to do like this forno, the land really belonged to Abraham, so the guy's telling about his real estate. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be quite a shocking phenomenon. So Hashem is going to tell Avram, 
you know, I'm about to destroy part of the Canaan, the Stone and Amora area, but I want you to know about it, and I want you to know that they talked to deserved it. It may not look like that to you, because if it did, I don't think that he would have let Lot go there or whatever. It says, Anche Stone run Mechatoim Lashem Ma'od. They were way wicked Lashem. What do you mean Lashem? Why does it just say Run Mechatoim? Notice God knew that they're running Mechatoim. They were pretty good at hiding what they were doing wrong. It wasn't necessarily something you would know from the public. Sodom is associated. We don't know exactly what the sins were. There's a medrash here, there's a vart here, there's a vart there. It could be, I guess, this is just a guess on my part, but it's not a far guess. Sodom is associated with sodomy and all kinds of sexual things and this, and that, and the other. That's not but for Hesse, that's but sinner. Nobody knows what goes on, as they say in America, behind closed doors between consenting adults. Uh, who knows what's going over there? As far as the public is concerned, everything looks okay. Uh, Kulo Mashke. You know, Kaganashem Karatsun Srim. It was it was economically very successful. And it doesn't say anywhere that the Sodomites raided others or robbed others or things like this. They maybe they were shrewd businessmen. Maybe they just had a tremendous uh natural resources, Kikulo Mashke, that you know, uh at that time grazing was the was the big business and therefore they had the uh this is before it became the Dead Sea. So just imagine what it was like when the Jordan River empties into your area. You get it? So it was something of a swampland type situation. I mean that in a positive way. They probably fixed the swamp up, and therefore they had irrigation and all the rest of it. And to be in Israel and Palestine and have an area which is loaded with water, you could turn it into a good business, you see? Uh, later it turned into salt, but at that time it was water. So uh, you know what I mean, right? The Jordan River goes from the Canaret and all that down. Yardin is Yorid, and empties into the into what we, we call today the Dead Sea. At that time it entered into the the plains, the Kikar, and it entered into, so they were blessed as other parts of Israel were not blessed with a huge, you know, uh, amount of water coming all the time down the river and that obviously contributed to the Gwaldic economy. But on the other hand, what I imagine happened was, since they had a Gwaldic economy, every schnorr or every you know, thing came over and would have hit on them and probably drove them so crazy that they went to the other extreme, became super wicked towards the, you know, to the outsiders. I mean, something like that must have happened. And that itself, you know, once you get into selfish business, that itself can turn into a cultural uh, uh, standard to apply across the board, and all kinds of things are possible. You know, they could attack load for having guests. Anything is possible. Now, my point is, I would not say, and you would not say necessarily, that these people are worthy of destruction. Hashem said, Zaka Stomba Morboy Lai. What does it mean? The, the cries of Sodom come to me, I want to go down and see. These are growth anthropomorphisms. As everybody knows, the Rambam writes on this at great length in the morning book, naturally. Uh, what, does it, what does it mean I'm going to go down and examine? The answer is, I can see, I'm God, I can see what's really going on. And despite the how it looks on the outside, there's really bad stuff happening behind the scenes, or behind closed doors, or behind whatever. And therefore... In my judgment, I'm God now, so I'm, I have a mishpat. They've actually crossed the line. And they're now chayv misa. Now, you wouldn't know it. And that is exactly what happens when the conversation ha- takes place, as we all know, right after this incident I just read you. 
when Avram said, You're going to wipe out Sodom and Amor? They're not that bad. There are other places in the world that are worse. And God says, uh, no, they're not. And Avram said, how can you talk about that? There must be 50 tzaddikim in the five, within the five cities. No, I, I, I know them to be upstanding people. And God said, I guess I know that not to be the case. And you're going to tell me, but what about here? Schwartz, Friedman, Kahn, they're all Chashua people. You don't know what's happening behind the closed doors. You don't know what's really happening over there. But I'm God, I do know. And all Avram can do is say like this, there aren't 50, there aren't 40, there are not even 10 altogether. So what happens when that conversation is over? Avram Shavla Makomo. What happens when the conversation is over? Avram has been shown something that people usually are not shown. Even Moshe Rabbeinu was not shown. And that is Tzadik Barola Rosho Tovlo. Because it looked like Sodom from the outside is the case of Tzadik Barolo. Tzadik in the sense that he didn't do Korban. But Hamachas Anemi Avram, since Avram is the first monotheist, and Lamanashi Yitzhav is one of Beis of Ahab, he's got to get across the idea of Jewish monotheism, which is not only that there's a very powerful God out there, um, 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 uh, omnipotent, omnipotent, but there's also a, uh, a God that knows everything and is just. So even when you see things that aren't just, uh, know that that's your problem. Really, it is just. Uh, because God does not say to Abraham, I don't have to be good. I created good. I'm above that. You know, I can do a, a on you. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm willing to go by your mishpat. But you don't see what's really happening. I, Hashem, will share with you the facts. And the facts are there aren't, there aren't 50, there aren't 40, there aren't 30. And there's not even 10. There's not even 10. So you, Avraham, who now are going to have a kid soon, and you're going to have to raise this kid in a way that's never happened before, because you yourself, Avram, was a BT. Now you're going to have something called FFB. That's never happened before. And as this kid is growing, he's going to ask questions. Why does God do this, that, and the other? Which is a fair question to ask. And a lot of times you're going to say, well, you know, I don't know, because it, it taka seems. Tzadik Varabla Rosha Tovlo. But I want you... Avram to see here on this mass occasion that really, really were there weren't even ten tzaddikim in the whole city, which means the whole place was lousy. Even though, had you asked Avram before, he would have said, "No, nah, I think there are fifty, <laughs> you know, at least." You see, so in other words, Hamachas Hanimi Avram, I'm going to show Avram in a one time, like a flashing. I'm in a one time case that you know when you see something happen bad to people, there was a justice to it. Now I don't have to tell it to him all the time. Right? I'm not going to show it to them all the time. This may be the background for the Akedah comes later in the Parsha. When God says, Shech to your son, Avram didn't do like all these modern uh, Bible uh, uh, writers and scholars. Oh, how could he do a terrible thing? And this, that, and the other. Oh, he had to have a leap of faith. Avram was convinced if Hashem said to Shech his son, either he did something wrong, deserved it, he doesn't have to know what it is, but he saw from the Sodom incident nothing happens for nothing. And, uh, okay, you see? So Avram shoved him a coma. Now, this was a one-time special case for one guy named Avram. This was not to show others. I'll say it again. Moshe Rabbeinu, who in some respects is greater than Avram, was not shown this, and therefore, after the golden calf incident, he says, Harini knows Kavadecha, and let me see your face, and all the rest. And God says, no. And Raji says, explain to me, Tzadik Rol of Rosh Hashanah, and Hashem said, no. But to Avram, he did show, because he told him before the destruction that there aren't even ten righteous people in the city, which means 
Don't tell me because this guy got the you know the Good Conduct Award or the Kesser Torah Award or this that and the other or he bought Shlishi or he sits in the Mizrach one or he gives a Dafyomi or this that and the other. Days at Sadik. We've seen recently these restaurants, all the others. Remember, there's a guy on a Muncie or somewhere like that. He gave a Dafyomi and turned out he was giving mamish treif to people. So you know, there's not there's not there's not a Tzadik. Hashem said, well, I know I know I know the score. I know the score. Now, that's a one-time deal. According to this Chazal that I read you, they told us to loot. Right? Gilu Misterin Shal Kaddish Baruch And Hashem didn't like that. Because I said before, I'm the only one. I, God, can violate the Official Secrets Act because I'm in charge of the government. But you are servants of the government, civil servants. So you have to observe the Official Secrets Act. And because of that, they were kept down on earth for another 138 years. Now, if you want to be like that, so I'll condemn you to spend extra time. And um, therefore, and by the way, I want to point out, Avraham kept the secret. Avram Shavla Makomo, Avram didn't come home and say to Sarah, guess what? <laughs> All those investments that we got in Sodom real estate, sell it now. Call the broker. Yeah, all those things, you know, sell Sodom now, right? Get what you can, you know, all that kind of business, right? Keep away from Sodom. Avram Shalom Bekomo, I mean, he kept his mouth shut and he didn't tell anybody anything because he understood that he's not supposed to do that. But the Malachim told, and according to this version of Chazal, this was, you know, this was their sin. Uh, now, I want to say that the Efei Toar, who was Shmuel Yafi Ashkenazi in Istanbul 500 years ago, who's one of my, one of the authors I like, he is bothered by this whole incident, and he has several suggestions, more in the style of what you might say, Lumdis, and he says something very interesting. Shema Yodia L'Sedomi V'Yoshuv B'Shuva Hashem Mone that he suggests, it's one of the several answers he gives, it's just the one I highlighted, that maybe they didn't want to tell Lot, uh, because Lot might tell the others, and the Sodomites might say, yes, holy cow, we're about to be hit with an H-bomb. Let's do Teshuvah instantly, because that's what they did in Nineveh. Right? That's what exactly what they did in Nineveh. When they realized the sword is at the throat, they reversed themselves. And we know from many places, like the Rambam said in Hochus Teshuvah, sometimes your sins are so bad that God doesn't want you to do Teshuvah. And therefore, he doesn't give you a warning. Now, there are Midrashim that say that the volcanoes were belching for years, and that was supposed to be the warning of Sodom. But, uh, uh, what do you call it? But, uh, I'm not sure how to make all that work. But, you know, a, a volcano belching and, and, and saying this is about to, you know, the H-bomb is about to hit now. You know, like, get the heck out of Hiroshima while you can is a different thing. Uh why didn't Hashem want him to repent? Like I say, you know, this this was the complaint of Jonah. Why do you want to help them? Uh, here, Hashem didn't want to help him. And by telling Lot, uh, you know, they could have spread and done it. That's a suggestion by the... It's like a vart, you know. It's okay. It's like a vart. You know, if you need for a dry Torah, but it uh, seems to me that he wanted to keep it on, on his own. Now, on the other hand, the second opinion is even more, is better, in, in my opinion. In other words, it's more appealing to me because it says, go, 
What do you mean, Mashkisim Anachnu is the ear? They wanted to impress Lot. You're an angel. Who are you trying to impress? You know? As a matter of fact, had things been normal, you're out of here in two minutes. You want to take Lot, you get him out of here, and then you disappear. You go back to heaven. You see what I'm saying? You would, you would be translated back to a spiritual state. So, Vos Epis. The answer is, you can't help it. If you live in Poland, you're affected by Poland. If you live downstairs, you're affected by downstairs. If you go to Sodom, you can't help, you know, breathe the air of Sodom, so to speak. And I don't mean that only in a physical way. And just as everybody else was a Balgaivadik and so on and so forth, you know, you want to show off also. They didn't talk that way when they were in the house of Abraham, which is interesting. But they do talk that way when they're in the house of Lot. Now, is it Lot? Lot doesn't come across as particularly arrogant over here, but the people of Sodom certainly do. Because they say, you know, uh, throw these guys out, and they do some and all the rest. That's a big Balgaiva. And uh, how can it be, if you want to be theological, how can it be that a Malach should have uh, human weaknesses? Uh, if this story is to be taken literally, you never know when they got it, but if it's already taken literally, then it goes to show you that the Kasha is the Teretz. Which means, from here you see that even a spiritual being can be affected by the material uh, environment. And if, even if you put a Malach in the middle of Sodom, don't tell me that Malach's not going to be affected by it. That's, it, it, it it's, it's quite remarkable. But, uh, you know, we do believe you could give me the biggest, firmest guy that ever lived. If you put him in Las Vegas or someplace like that, don't say he's not going to be affected by something. You say, well, it's not possible. How could the Chavitz Chaim be affected by Las Vegas? He could. That's the reason he had put there. <laughs> you get it? The Vilnagon could be affected like Las Vegas. That's why they stayed away from such places. Yeah, it, it, it's not true that you can be so impervious that it doesn't hit you. So that's already like in the Munster Haskell style. There is, um, I'm going a little bit longer, but uh, you'll give me another two minutes, uh, a little longer than usual. There is a very, very interesting Raj bomb this week's Parsha. And when you look at the, uh, and especially if you know who the Rajbam was, uh, you know, the brother of Rabbeinu Tom, he uh, lived in the 12th century in France when, and he, one of the reasons he wrote his commentary in the Chumash was because of the pressure of the Christians uh, at that time to have debates and try to prove the truths of Christianity from the Old Testament. Uh and that's exactly why Rajbam people like that are always pushing push up shot. Because the Krishnas are always saying, you know, anytime can't you see that this is a reference to Yashka? And can't you see that this is a reference to Mary? And you know, Sarah had a baby when it was too late, and Mary had a baby not exactly the same way, and you know, that kind of thing. And the Jews are saying, No, there was a guy named Avram, there was a woman Sarah, Hashem made a miracle, had nothing to do with the New Testament stories. And you could be doggone sure that when they came over here where Abraham sees three uh, messengers as the Trinity, get it to follow the Son Holy Ghost. That's a very common theme in the medieval debates with the Jews. Uh, and there's no question that Rasha was involved in all this. Now what's interesting is when it says Vayere love Hashem, which is Yudke Vavke, correct? Let me just see here. Yeah, Vayere love Hashem, you know, Yudke Vavke. So we have a whole business of saying it's Hashem. And then, like the Rambam says, it's, it, it now comes in a vu in the form of a dream. Others say differently. You know, but whatever it is, the, the, the narrative shifts back and forth in a very complex way between 
Avram talking Hashem and Avram talking to the Malachim. You'll be surprised to see that the Rashim says that when the Yud K is one of the angels, which is pretty shocking and surprising considering the Rashim is always fighting against the Trinity idea and he engaged in many heavy debates against the Christians. Uh, but according to him, it's easier Pashup Shah to read that way. So Vayiri Lo Hashem uh, means uh, Shabosh, uh, 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 all, all these people. Uh, where does he have it over here? Kishanira Malch Koreb Loshen Shechina Kishmi Bekirbo Shluchel Kamoso. So in other words, it says Hashem. It means the angel of Hashem. And later on, when the angels finally leave and go down the road to Sodom, uh, it is the angel who says, "Let's see over here." Is the angel who says, "Hamachasa nimi Avram, vayim Hashem hamalchli Avram, shluchim alol anishalech b'shil zakas sedom." In other words, the pasuk and pasuk chaf. In other words, when it says, "Hamachasa nimi Avram," am I going to hide from Avram what's going to happen? No, I'm going to tell him. It's the angel who tells him, even though it says vayim Hashem, but the Rashi says vayim Hashem hamalach. And so you see, it's actually four or five or six times in this parsha where he goes so far as to say that even Yud Kevavke doesn't mean Hashem, but it means an angel. That's a pretty radical interpretation, but he wants to do it for the purposes of the pshat. You understand? Now, um, that's just always the, the time is up. It's already way over what I usually do. This gives you a little taste of the really cool themes. They run across once you scratch a little bit, not a lot, in the Parsha Vayero, in terms of God and man. It's not just the mices and the stories, but it has to do with the relations between God and man. And even people who are not so sophisticated know that the dialogue between Avram and God, where he says, Halila, you know, Shalat Yasa Mishpat, is already a theological kind of business where man is trying to, you know, figure out uh, what's happening with God. But I think what's happening is along the lines that I just described. And by the time it's over, Hashem has actually shown his mystery, rarely, maybe uniquely, uh, to Abraham. But that's because Abraham is going to have a son, as if we're going to start a nation. And when he starts a nation, then he's going to have kashas. And the, the bottom line is, the monotheistic idea is superior to the polytheistic idea in some respects, but it's also inferior to it in some respects. The monotheistic idea is a more elegant explanation of, of reality, that this one intelligence that created the whole universe, and that's why everything fits together, and all the, what they call the cosmological argument. But the kasha on monotheism is, Sadiq Barolov Rosh why is it so much bad in the world? And whenever you ask that to somebody, most they can say is, oh, it's a good kasha, or really, it's not really raw, or some of these, you know, like roundabouts. And here you find that Hashem actually, you know, uh, shared it with Avram as he did not do with Moshe. Anyway, as I said before, it's gone a little bit too long, but I think this is such an interesting part. I want to thank, again, the Daniels family, Zevi Daniels and, and family and the others. Uh, and we pay tribute to the memory of Yaakov Olner, uh, who will talk of be missed in Baltimore. And uh, with that, I wish you a good week.
For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.